Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good morning, I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And we are back, and we are at episode 50. All right. Can you believe that? No, I can't believe that. That's so when a did lot we start of episodes. This? Well, let's see. Sophie set this whole thing up for us, and was that right before she went back? Would it have been? Yeah, it must have been. Is no, it... wait. That's that's not this. That's been 50 weeks is a long time. Yeah, it is. So it must have so been a last year that year. we've been doing yeah. this. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it was last year before she left, because then we've probably taken several weeks off and stuff. That's why. Yeah. Oh my, okay, well, happy 50th. And happy 50th to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyways, we have had a great time doing the interviews, so thank you to our five people who bravely bravely, um, got interviewed by us, and I know it was a blessing to many people. We heard a lot of feedback Mm -hmm. about it, and that was about, you know, just keeping hope in kind of hard times, and it... uh, that those hard times kind of still go on. Yeah. We're still in the midst. Our president actually has COVID. and Oh, my goodness. You know, just when you think 2020 can't get any crazier, it's right. like it just says it ups the ante, you know? Yeah, that's about right. And But it's funny. I was talking about someone last night, and they were like, I just can't wait till this year ends. But, I mean, it's not like January 1st is a magic bullet that all things no. will change. Oh, gosh, no. It's not like November 4th is a magic bullet where oh, everything will right. change either. I mean, right. everything's going to – it's just crazy. But the good thing is, you know, in retrospect, we can look back on this and say, well, I lived through 2020. We know? can. Kind of like Y2K, if you remember right. that. That was... Yeah, that I do remember that. Lunacy, right? Speaking of that, that's about the time that... Well, Sophia, we have a 20-year-old now, is what we I was going to say. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that's about the time that she was born, but... In God's eyes, that's about the time right. she was born, <laughs> around 2020. Too much information. Yeah. Um, anyways, we have a 20-year-old as of yesterday. Our daughter, Sophia, had a birthday. I can't believe that. Oh, it's, my gosh. Yes. It's the first birthday I've missed. I guess you missed last year because I was up there mm-hmm. for parents' weekend. It's the first birthday I've missed, so kind of tough, but very nice that her friends had a very nice socially distanced um, party for her yeah. kind of thing. Um, on Saturday night at the at St. Olaf, and then she gets to be with my family, my parents, and yeah. my brother's family and stuff for her birthday yesterday. So she had a great day, and she's old. Yeah, I can't believe we have a twenty year old. Yeah, that's it's like that's crazy. just I don't know why it is because you know there's a part of me that knows that between nineteen and twenty is only one year, so it's exactly. not like a whole lot of difference. But for some reason to say, yeah, I now have a 20-year-old child, it's just like, wow, how Very old strange. am I? You well, know? the weird thing is, is we also have an eight-year-old child. Yeah. yeah that's so why that's... it's kind of... I think we should be like wrapping up our active parenting duty, but we're not. No, we're definitely not. <laughs> not, not, not and we're by not any anytime soon. we no. got a whole, for sure, another decade yep. plus. So anyways, we can't get too excited about that. No. I mean, we can't get too excited that we like have a 20-year-old and we're on that final. Oh, gosh. No. Yes. No, no. We, but we are excited that she had a good birthday. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah. So anyways, the weekend, let's just recap a little. We had a busy weekend at church. Yes, we did. We had a very busy weekend, but a very good weekend. Really good. Uh, we had a couple things, two big things going on. Confirmation and then our church picnic mm-hmm. and, you know, real blessings on both. Confirmation, I was very pleased with how well that went. Yeah. We had six young men. This is the first time I've only had boys. In yeah, no girls. Not a mix. But we had uh, six young men who stood up and confirmed their faith in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. acknowledged him as their Lord and their Savior. And, mm-hmm. And their desire to follow him, uh, and that was that was really exciting. It was uh, it was uh, powerfully done, I thought, on uh, on Sunday at the eleven o'clock service. Yes, and you know because it was confirmation, of course, and you get family and friends and things like that. And I was looking at the number. You know, we had over three hundred people at church between the three services. 
Oh, and for COVID times, that's big. Yeah, that's like a milestone for yeah. us. Yeah, so I was really excited about that. And then shortly after that, so that was at the 11 o'clock service, and then at 2 o'clock, we had our church picnic. And I tell you, what a fantastic day for a church picnic. Yeah, I mean, it was you, beautiful. You couldn't have dialed up a better day, you mm -hmm. know? And it was just so good to see. It just felt like church again. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, this is uh, this is who St. John is. It's mm -hmm. a very uh, a family, family church, yeah. a very... Uh, fellowship church, very yes. social church. You know? Eating church. It's a very yeah, eating just, church. You know, time to get together yeah. and uh, and get to know each At other. barbecue, yes. And it's, it's such a part of what we of who we mm -hmm. are and what we do, and we yeah. haven't been able to do that. Yeah. So it was just such a joy, such a joy to have the, the church picnic and to see so many people come out and mm -hmm. the beautiful weather. And yeah, that's sold out, right? To, oh, yeah, we had 176 tickets, and every last one was sold. Yeah, yeah. right. Awesome. So it was just a great day. Really wonderful, wonderful day. But I'll tell you what, by the time we finally came home at like 7 o'clock, I was pretty much... Out. Out, yeah. Well, that we also had a party in between because we had a confirmation yeah, gathering. Yeah, a confirmation party yeah, in between. So there was lots going on. Mm -hmm. But it, like you said, it was a great week. Oh, it was a great day. Yeah. Great day, yeah. Okay, well, our new series is called Best Love Bible Verses. Mm -hmm. And we're starting with mine. Mm -hmm. And then next week, we're going to do yours. Yep. And then we've already gotten some suggestions or some Best Love Bible Verses from y'all. And we hope that we get some more. So in the following weeks, we will do that. And we might usually take more than one. But we figured today we'll just start it off with right. this. Um, so do you know what my favorite Bible verse is? Uh, I, I do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> what it is, is it? Uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Okay. And that, you know, that was probably my, I should preface it by saying that's my growing up favorite Bible mm -hmm. verse. I probably have some little bit different ones in my older age, but um, that was one of those verses that I loved as a child. And Philippians is for sure my favorite book of the Bible. Is it really? We'll talk about that. Yes, I know. Wow. I know how you feel about Paul, yeah. but that's, that's my favorite book of the Bible. And we'll talk about why. Well, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> it's full of, I mean, it's just everything. It's like full of quotables, you know, yeah. like every verse is so good. Yeah. Basically. And I mean, it talks about, you know, being content in all things. Yeah. It talks about not focusing on things you shouldn't focus on, you know, mm -hmm. put your mind on that, which is true, noble, you know, right. all those things. I mean, it's basically a recipe in chapter four, for mental health is what it really is. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got, you know, rejoice in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Always again, I say rejoice. That's an amazing mm -hmm. verse right there. Just talking about always being joyful. Then you've got guarding your mind, mm -hmm. right? And don't worry about anything, right. but in everything with prayer and petition, offer your request to God, right? With Thanksgiving. Right. So, and then what, and then it tells you to focus on whatever is true, whatever is yeah. So, I mean, all right there, if you could, chapter four, literally, if you could do those verses every day, you probably wouldn't struggle with any mental health issues. Well, you're probably right. Maybe. I right. mean, it would help you a lot. It would help a lot. Well, that's true. I never thought about chapter four as a mental health chapter, yeah, well, but you're probably right. I think it is. Um, because of the, the end of, um, yeah, it says, do not be anxious about anything, right? Mm -hmm. our, our society struggles with anxiety to a great extent. Yeah. And he gives you, Paul gives you the prescription. And the beauty of it is it's not just like words. I mean, he's saying, look, I'm in a prison cell. Well, he yeah. was when well, he wrote this. In a house this. arrest. In a house arrest, right. whatever. And he, I've, I know what it is like to have much, he says, right. and to have nothing. Mm -hmm. And yet I've discovered the secret of contentment. So it's not like he's sitting off in his little ivory tower saying, right. be content, people, come on. He's literally in a lot of, he's got pain. We know that. He's got some kind of right. weird thorn in the flesh. He's imprisoned. He's had lots. He's had nothing. He's been left for dead on the side of the road. And right. yet he's saying, 
like I've found the secret to contentment. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it's important to have that context because the the first way I heard Philippians four thirteen mm-hmm. was from you. Yes. When you and I were first dating, you know, you're the first Christian I'd ever really known very well. The first very active Christian and I'd really known. Right. And I remember once you showed me your softball glove and it had Philippians 4.13 inscribed on it. I'm like, who is this person? Like, what, what do people do? I'd never seen anything like that in my life. You know? Yes. And now, of course, then I'm, I'm part of the Christian see, culture. Yeah, in I, Texas, I it. it's everywhere. Right. I mean, I, I totally get it. Yes. Um, but growing up, in my, like, I had never seen that before. I'm like, wow, what is going on? Uh, and so my... My, uh, it seems like in the culture, Philippians 4.13 really has to do with victory. With yes. Triumph. So, um, yes, good point. You know, there's uh, Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. very famous NBA basketball player, uh, by all accounts, a wonderful man of God. You know, mm-hmm. So I'm not, not mocking him or his right. character. Uh, but, you know, he's, he, he famously had Philippians 4.13 written on his shoes. Oh, look at that. He took after me. Yeah, yeah well, everybody uh-huh. does. Everybody wants Thank to you. be there, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Philippians 4.13, written on his shoes. I and of course, he's not the only one. You know, Tim Tebow used to have it um, on the uh, eye black. I thought, yep. you know, Our son his... Sam has taken mm-hmm. it over on his helmet, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so it's this idea of I can do all things. Like I can I can triumph. I can win. I can have the victory. And you, can, you understand why athletes would love it yes. so much. But in the original context, that's not what Paul is about. I mean, he's not talking about how he's going to, you know, go from one triumph to another. He's talking about how no matter what might happen. You know, he's literally in, in house arrest. Mm-hmm. He's been in Roman custody for two years. He's awaiting uh, trial. Okay. He doesn't know which way it's going to go. But as he says in Philippians chapter one, you know, so that um, no matter what may happen, I may honor Christ in my body, whether by life or by death. Right. So he doesn't know what's going to happen. Uh, and same thing too, in the immediate context in Philippians four chapter, uh, the verses that come right before this, mm-hmm. he says, uh, I have learned, um, this is Ph- Philippians four eleven. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Yeah. I know how to be brought low and how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Right. And so in context, what he's talking about is no matter what may happen, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, I know that Christ will give me the strength to endure it, to get through it. Yes. Uh, And that is a victory, but it's a different level of victory than we often associate with a verse. Right. And that's a really good point. That's why I wanted to say it's kind of my more my childhood verse. I definitely did write it on my hockey sticks mm-hmm. and my glove. And actually, it was a witness um, because yeah. my hockey teammates were definitely not Christian. There was one Christian on the team as as a freshman. And she, you know, came up and said, hey, you know, she asked me about it. And mm-hmm. so we actually ended up going to fellowships together and such like that. And other people asked about it, too. Um, so that was awesome. But yes, it was all about me. I mean, it was all about I can do all mm-hmm. things. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. It's the first that's the first part of the mm-hmm. verse. And as athletes, a lot of times that's what we think. You know, we're like, oh, this is a great verse because I can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the verse says through Christ who strengthens me. And mm-hmm. that kind of gets left behind a little bit, you know, like you said, it's all about this bravado or like what, you know, victory to victory. And so, but Paul is saying in this whole context, yeah, it's, it's not about you. It's about what God can do through you and actually through other believers, because the rest of that context, he's actually, that verse comes in a spot that he's thanking the Philippians for their support and their uplifting of him. And it ends with, you know, still you did well by partnering with me. So it's not about him. It's not about what he can do. It's about what Jesus can do in him and what other believers can help him do as well. Right. So, you know, that, of course, you like you said, gets forgotten when we just write it all over our stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
still a good witness, I oh, would yeah. say, I right? Mean, and that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not telling yeah, people absolutely don't not. write it. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you foolish people, you don't know what this is really about. Right, right. But just uh, in context, it, it means something a little bit different than what we think it means when we see it uh, in isolation. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to be true of most of the verses I mm-hmm. think we're going to come up with, which is going to be really fun in this series because I would say the majority of our famous, our, our best love verses probably are not exactly intended in the whole biblical witness. They probably are interpreted a little differently if we oh, yeah. look if we take yeah. a good hard look. Yeah. And I mean that's one of the beauties we've said this many times on the podcast, but scripture is so deep and there's so much in every verse mm-hmm. that when you really dive in and look at it, you're going to come away with way more than you thought. I mean, if you think of the shortest verse in the Bible, right? Like Jesus wept. Right. Kind of like, well, okay, he <laughs> cried, right? But I mean, you could write a book about the right. fact that Jesus had human emotions. Jesus was sad. Jesus had this friend that died. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, literally, you could you could study that for a really long time. Yeah. It's two words. Yeah. But that's the beauty of the word that's living and active and um, always has something to say to us and always has something new to say to us. That's what it means to be a living word. You know, if I loved Philippians 4.13 as a child, today it means something different to me. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit is using it differently. Yeah, yeah. And, and today, you know, Eva, uh, you and I are all of, uh, you know, well, now that we have a 20-year-old daughter, yes, or I guess that makes so us middle-aged mm-hmm. or something oh, like that. Oh, we're for sure middle-aged, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, and so, you know, not, now this verse means something different to us. Yeah. It's not necessarily about winning on, a, on, a, on the field. Right. Uh, but it's really about um, steadfastly persevering and enduring, that no mm-hmm. matter what happens, you know, I can do all things. Yeah. And that's really good for for this year. We talked about this year as 2020. I mean, I think one thing we've probably learned is just you can't really take things for granted. You can't really know what tomorrow will bring. I mean, you know, there was a time where we just assumed, yeah, we'll always be going to church normally. I mean, (laughs) who knew we would have to do all, you know, or our kids would always be going to school or whatever. No, day by day, things are changing rapidly. Um, You know, restaurants we thought we'd always go to, well, they're shut down, right? Right. Um, the world, you know, we just don't know about tomorrow. No, we don't. We definitely don't. And it's, uh, and it seems like the only thing you can count on is that the f- next week is going to be even crazier than the <laughs> one we're in. You know, I mean, just when you think that, you know, there's a presidential debate, which is unlike anything we've ever seen in our right. lifetimes. Right. Uh, and then, you know, a couple of days later, well, that's eclipsed because now the president himself is in the hospital. Amazing. Like, yeah. What in the world right. is going on? Yeah, it's just yeah. craziness. And so that's why these these best love Bible verses, you know, these things see us through. Right. Yeah, they the do. one thing. Just to give a little hint, I'm not going to give away yours, but I'm pretty sure you're going to come up with something that has to do with the Word of God and its enduring nature (laughs) when we come to next week in your favorite verse. I love it. And so that's the thing. I mean, the Word of God does not change. God does not change. And therefore, that is our anchor in this time of uncertainty and in this time of, you know, somewhat of lack of hope or whatever. Like I said, Philippians 4 is good for your mental health. Yeah. And speaking of which, so you you brought that up at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So... So since this is your favorite verse, Mm -hmm. talk a bit about that, how this particular verse speaks to good mental health. Well, I'm not sure about this particular verse, but this chapter of the Mm -hmm. Bible definitely does. Um, Like I said, it just teaches you what to focus on. And again, that's lessons we're learning this year. The things you focus on are going to affect who you are. Um, We've seen a lot of nastiness on both sides of the political spectrum. We're having little neighborhood issues where oh people goodness, are like yeah. literally taking down political signs from other people yeah. that they don't like, you know, they don't like the sign. Um, that's just not right. And I mean, when you, if all, if you're so angry, you need to check yourself. You need to check why politics is making you so angry. And we all do. I'm not saying, right. I'm saying myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, 
politics is not redemptive. You know, neither party is going to be our salvation. Mm -hmm. Jesus alone is that. And therefore, if we focus on what he's asking us to focus on, which is that he is near, that we don't need to worry, that we need to present all our requests to him, that his peace will guard our hearts, that if we focus on what is true and honorable and just and pure, then we will not be wrapped up in all this craziness quite as much, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And you know, uh, uh, one kind of odd part about this, uh, it, it occurs to me that this uh, this wonderful passage from Paul, I mean, this brilliant passage that, you know, 2,000 years later, we, we still lift up like a shining light. Yeah. Uh, it's set kind of in the middle of this long, meandering passage, almost where Paul kind of stumbles over himself. What do you mean? Well, so he, he starts in, in chapter 4, verse 10. You know, Paul is trying to, Paul writes Philippians mm-hmm. to thank the, the Philippian church for their financial support. Right. And as often happens, you know, when we write letters to people thanking them for a financial gift, Paul's really awkward, you know? Yeah, it is. Yes, and, and so when you, when you kind of read through it, you know, he talks about how he says, uh, this is uh, Philippians 4, verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Well, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. <laughs> not, not that I'm speaking of being in need. And he right. goes, you know, right. there's this really sort of awkwardness. It's like he, it's, it's almost like he's dictating the letter and he realizes how how weird it sounds and so he stumbles over the next yes. passage and in the midst of this comes this wonderful verse that that kind of surfaces from almost out of nowhere you know yeah. i can do all things through christ who right. gives me strength right. and all these other verses um yeah well that's kind of paul for you i it mean is. um something was impeding what he felt his ability to you know he never claimed that he was a great speaker and whatnot right. he always said he had an issue we don't know exactly what that was but obviously, I mean, I think his writing is phenomenal and I yeah. love it. And it probably it does have to do with that kind of sense of bravado type thing. Like um, that, you know, I just, it's all like, I, it's all like, you know, we can do this. Right. And, you know, he's right. very much rah, rah, like yeah. in all his letters, you know, even if I've been beaten on the side of the road, like I'm right. coming back. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. And I, I love that. I don't know. I guess you, you like the stories better, but I, no, I, I love do. that. Well, I mean, I, I love Paul to read. My, my, my only take on Paul, my only, what's the word, uh, criticism of Paul is that he's great to read, but really hard to preach. Oh yeah. Well, that's why. Yes, I, yeah, oh, so. absolutely. And since you memorize, it's very hard to memorize because he's oh, writes such strange yeah. sentence structures. Yeah. He goes yeah, on so I get on you. with clauses and subordinate clauses. And yeah. yeah it's, it's very hard. Yeah. So, you know, give me Jesus over Paul any day. Okay. That's well, that's fair. Yeah. That is fair. Yeah. That is fair. That's and probably... we can end with give me Jesus over politics any day right i like that, that there's was... some signs out there that say jesus 2020 have you seen those no i haven't yeah there's instead you know and then i heard a great line on a podcast the other day it's like it's not the party of the elephant or the donkey but we need the party of the lamb oh i like that yeah well, that'll that's preach good. That'll, that'll preach preach all right so we'll be back at you next week with eric's favorite verse that's right thanks <laughs>